All right. Perfect. Okay. Hey. Welcome, everybody. Hello, everyone. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen you in so long. It's been a long time. Or talked to you. Yeah. You're now on the list of my friends who have moved away that when I don't speak every three or four days, I feel like it's been so long. Even though in reality it hasn't been that long, but I need everybody's a job. leaving me. I need a job. You have one. It's here. <laughs> just get paid for it. <laughs> Wait, I need a job that pays. So um, yeah. <laughs> Patreon, get on it. Erin needs to survive. We at least need to supply her with whiskey to do. That's a true. Story. The podcast. Because those are the things you have to cut first. Although mm-hmm. it's true, it is a job thing. So really, I shouldn't have to. It's the only job I have right now. Yeah, well, we're going to have to start rationing. Right? That's that how I got with my wine. Well. That never works well with me. No. No, well, because as soon as you have one drink, you can rationalize anything. Well, right? I'll just have more right now, and then I won't have any later. And then right? when later comes around, it's like, no, I'm going to have some more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's we're supposed to have this huge storm, like the worst storm in years on Wednesday. And I'm looking at it and I was like, okay. And then my mom and Christian are like, no, that's not true. It's going to miss us. We'll get like an inch of snow. And I was like, okay. I don't know why no one follows the weather people, but okay. So we'll see. I mean, either way, I'm staying in, so it doesn't really matter. It's not like I had plans to go outside because it's fucking cold out there. It's 27 degrees right now. And you don't have a job, so what the fuck and do you I have to go have a job. for? I really don't. I'm kind of a loser. I just sit here. Hey, hey. <laughs> well, I even have three boys to take care of. I only have one little girl and throw her a snack here and there. She's fine. I mean, that's with all kids. You just, just give them some <laughs> snacks. <laughs> I do the same thing with the dogs. Here, here's a snack. No, go away. Where's the dog? Oh, my pup's in here. I just got a... Um, a static vibration something or other for my dog. Oh. Um, because Trixie is a major, uh, she's, her heart is bigger than her brain. And she <laughs> is um, super affectionate and jumps yes, everywhere. Is. So I got it and I read all of the reviews because I'm like, I don't want to hurt her. I just want her to be reminded that, like, you shouldn't do those things. I don't want to, sh- like... Oh, you got to tell me how be- that works. I need one for the pup. Not okay, my well, pup. I haven't, I okay. haven't used it. I used it on myself um, just to make sure that it was truly not going to hurt her. And then all my kids tried it on themselves. Of course they <laughs> so, like, did. It doesn't even do anything. I'm like, yeah, because it's, it's just meant to be like, hey, you know. A little nudge, like, stop it. Stop. Right. So, I mean, you can turn it up all the way to 100, but I turned it up to 50 because that's the lowest it could be where I actually felt something. It's like, do you remember those uh, shocking pens where if you click it, it would shock you Yeah. or whatever? It's it's far less than that. Oh, wow. So it's just really like a, a little reminder, but it has a beep, then a vibrate, then the shock. So I've only had to beep it. Because she's like, what the fuck is that? Like, just, <laughs> Why are you beeping at me? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So I haven't actually used it on her. I don't know. At least I know it's okay for me. And I don't Wyatt, have fur, so. Wyatt jumps. He's just a jumper. He hasn't been socialized. I blame COVID. Mm-hmm. And he, the minute someone shows up, he just jumps all over him. Yeah. And my parents really don't like that. They're against it. Yeah, well, he's not a small dog. He's not, and usually he gets bitey too. He just wants to play. He means well. He's just a dumb boy. <laughs> what can I say? I was gonna say, Trixie is. Um, she jumps. She's not as big as Wyatt though. And Wyatt's I don't only think. Get bigger. Yeah, and Trixie's full grown. I think she's a puppy all the time. But my kids are like, she's six. I'm like, well, when the fuck is she gonna figure herself out? All right, it's a time. <laughs> Yeah, Wyatt's only seven months old, so. But Zoe was much more socialized back in the day when she was a pup, and COVID kind of ruined that for Wyatt. So I'm blaming COVID for that, too. Yes, I am. I mean, we might as well just everything 
It's every it's everything. It's a good catch all. It is. Oh, I'm Four? drinking whiskey out of a carafe today. Carafe. A carafe? A carafe? <laughs> I call it a carafe. Okay. It's like a crouton. A crouton. <laughs> a crouton. <laughs> That's very fancy. I have a my sister got me this octopus glass for Christmas. I wanted it for oh, the record. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm drinking wine per year. Oh yuck. Rockstar. Um, I figured why waste a Pepsi when I have Rockstar? I said I wasn't going to have wine because I celebrated my mother's birthday on Saturday and we were drinking and then I had some wine while I was watching Christmas movies last night because I don't have my kids this weekend. So I'm like, okay, I should not, you know, I should just take a, a breather for a day and I can't, I can't. I was like, I could just drink out of a cup that's not clear and just tell everybody that I'm drinking wine. And then I was like, <laughs> no. Oh, my God. My Dang. sister got this wine from this little store in um, Cory, which is like a couple little cities over. And it tastes just like you ever had the Welch's sparkling grape, non-alcoholic? Uh, I don't know if I've had the grape. I've had the apple, like the Martinelli's. The grape is amazing. That's what we oh. always had as kids. It tastes just like that. It's called Concord Grape Wine. Oh, and Concord Jesus. grapes are really big here. Oh, my God. What's the A? It tastes just like it. Huh? What's the ABV on it? Is it dangerous? Oh, yeah. Can't taste it? No, I don't like it at all. I don't like um, the Martinelli's one. It's so sweet. So I don't know if that's how the grape one it is. But good. Mm. It was like I could drink this. Like I'm like, oh, Jen will be so happy. I can drink red wine with her now. Yeah. I think it's purple wine. <laughs> purple. Yeah, I got purple drink. Uh, it's it's very it's expensive, not for wine, but like it's not something like you're gonna. It's like seventeen bucks. Oh, so you're not gonna drink it like for me. daily. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a bottle of whiskey. So, but yeah, it's pretty freaking good. Seventeen dollars. I could probably get two or three bottles of my regular wine with that. Exactly. That's why it's more of a special occasion. But it's pretty yummy. I loved it. That sounds good. Um, that reminds me of your sister giving you, I don't know if she introduced it to you or if you found it up near her house, that mul- mulberry wine. or Marion Berry. Marion Berry, that's what it was. Yes, it was her. Yeah, she was the one. She got it. Yeah, she bought a bunch of wines from there. Mm. She left me a couple behind. Um, a, uh, what's it? Uh, starts with a P. Promesco? From Secchio. Prosciutto? Oh, no, that's, that's ham. <laughs> <laughs> she left me no ham. Prosecco. Bitch. Prosecco. Prosecco. Yes. Yeah, it's like it's champagne that's not from the champagne region of France. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, it's sparkling. Okay. Sparkling wine. The, the kind of Prosecco that I always have, or what it's got the blue label on it, like a kind of Tiffany type blue. Okay. Oh, I've seen that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't drink champagne on on New Year's Eve because um, it's too expensive. <laughs> My brother-in-law makes homemade peanut brittle, and it's amazing. And he came over here Saturday night before my parents got here and made like five batches and taught Christian how to make it. So we mm. have a shit ton of cashew brittle and peanut brittle. And my husband was like, I want it all for me. It's all about me. It's my favorite thing on earth. You know, bite me. I'm like, we have all of this. So we've been macking mm-hmm. down on it. Like, I should have turned into peanut brittle by now. Probably oh, no. brought it well, on my it's protein, right? Yeah, it's, it's peanuts are protein. We still have, like, three huge containers of it left. And I, I feel like that's it. all we ate yesterday. No, you can eat this. It doesn't get stuck in your crowns. Oh, really? That's why I hate peanut brittle is because it yeah. gets stuck in my crowns. I have too this much, too much money happening in my mouth yes, to this risk is it on crunch. peanut brittle. It's all crunch. Mm. It's not that chewy. That's why I don't like it either. But mm. his is just, it was nice. I was like, you can come and cook in my kitchen anytime you want. Yeah, really. I'd say send me some, but the fucking post office, I went to the post office today and I was, it was worse than the DMV. I was like, why the fuck am I here? It's because I miscounted by seven stamps. For my Christmas card. Oh, I get that. Seven fucking stamps. Yeah, I used all the stamps I had, and then I was like, "Fuck, I have to, I have to go to the post office," because like an idiot, I thought I had enough stamps, 
So I stamped all of them. And then when I had seven left, I was like, shit, those are people like I could have taken the ones that are people near my house. Right. And then I could just give it. But I already put the stamp on like my mom's and Bigfoot stands and (laughs) Bigfoot stands. (laughs) Like all the all the people that live closest to me, I could go deliver, but whatever. I was trying to be cheap and just give my sister all like her family's cards and I had them all out when we did our Christmas exchange, but I forgot. And then I was like, that's okay. Tomorrow morning, I'll drive them over. And I didn't yeah. before they left. I was like, whatever. <laughs> I'm tired COVID. of being alone. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> COVID. Okay, COVID. It's all COVID's fault. So what are we talking about this week? This week, we're talking about MK Ultra, mm-hmm. which sounds like a beard, doesn't it? It does. Hey, well, Michelob Ultra. Some, maybe that's why. I'm like, can you give yeah. me some MK Ultra? Yeah. So um, I felt like I needed more than a week for this because I went down some pretty serious rabbit holes and there's a book that I'm going to talk about called chaos that is not available at the library. There's a hold. So I'm like, fuck, I can't, it's, it's uh, too new. I think it's just too much in demand. Oh, so there's no copies left for me to, to read. Well, I didn't go down the rabbit hole. I just did a a general roundabout because I knew that you were going to talk about something. So I just totally didn't even go there. You knew I was going to overwrite and (laughs) overprepare. I was trying to be nice. (laughs) It's okay. It's all right. But it's okay because I was super laggy this week. So we all have our weeks. But I got my bed today. So that was something. Fantastic. Was that like just? couple months later yeah I just I'm so stoked it's like the softest bed I can't wait to sleep in it tonight oh you haven't slept in it yet no I got it literally today oh that's fun yeah and my husband's like if that bed comes we're setting it back we don't want the bed because we've been fighting with stupid mattress firm I'm calling you out oh yeah but what was funny is they guess they're not going to sponsor us no and they could fuck (laughs) off I wouldn't take your sponsorship if my life depended on it all right but what's funny is they're supposed to call us 24 to 48 hours before they deliver and then like two hours before. Mm-hmm. She just showed up like it was like 1130 oh. and I'm like, who the fuck's at the door? I thought she was selling something. So my dogs yeah. were going all ape shit. So I'm like, hold on. I'm going to put the dogs away. And then I was like, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> and she's like, I have a mattress for you. I'm like, wait, you have my mattress? <laughs> I was like, okay. I wasn't expecting it to be a woman, which I guess is kind of sexist of you. Sexist. Thank you. I was trying to think of the word, (laughs) but she was hopeful. She actually like helped us get it in the house. They're not supposed to do that because we didn't pay $350. We only paid Mm. $250. That's just door delivery. That's ridiculous. But then I had to call my dad to help, and that was a fun experience. Oh, so you you need the drink today. Well, here's the thing. I had still told Christian, I'm like, we're going to have to buy this house because we're never getting that fucking bed out of here. <laughs> like, we literally have to buy this house. It's just too much work to unpack everything and move again. So, well, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad house. And no, I could put in central air. I think you should live in it for a year. See what the whole year brings along. <laughs> Who knows get about a job. different seasons? I got to find a job. Unemployment's screwing me. I don't know how poor people, not poor people, like, I'm sorry, people, like poor people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how people lose their job and then unemployment takes over a month to give you any money. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you do if you don't have a severance package? They're setting you up. severance package is empty, but. Yeah, they're setting, they they set you up to become. behind and get dependent. That's when people take out the payday loan advances with right? like 50% interest. I mean, it's it's disgusting the way that there's no cushion for anyone to make a misstep or a mistake. No, and I can't even like say, okay, I'm not going to pay my credit cards this month because of my job that I'm used to. They check credit reports. Mm-hmm. So I can't have that I didn't pay a credit card. Because right. then they'll just overlook my application for someone who did pay their credit card that month. So yep. it is. It is. It's a fucked up system. I've never been unemployment before, and I never want to be on it again because it's a fucking chore. 
Mm-hmm. All right then. On to MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. So, just so people know, um, MK Ultra used to be a conspiracy theory, but the CIA has come out and said it is real. So that kind of takes away from my conspiracy theory. Oh, there's plenty more conspiracy theories. Oh, there's all sorts of shit going <laughs> on here. Like I said, I'm going to graze the surface. Jenna's going to go into more detail. So MK Ultra was a top secret CIA project in which the agency conducted hundreds of experiments on unwitting U.S. citizens to assess the potential use of LSD and other drugs for mind control, information mm-hmm. gathering, and psychological torture. They also took some Canadian citizens, which <laughs> why not rope them in on it, right? Sure. So the project lasted from 1953 to 1973. The CIA mind control project was a continuation of work that began in Japan and Nazi concentration camps. Mm-hmm. So how fucking gross is that? They literally hired these sick fuckers who poisoned and gassed millions of children, women, and and men in the Holocaust to come out and speak about their findings. Mm-hmm. Like they had a goddamn conference where they brought these Nazi pieces of shit in to ask them, you know, Hey, we want to follow up on your work, which is pretty fucking gross. All right. It I'm, is. Off, I'm off my horse there. Okay. Details of the project didn't get out to the public until 1975 during a congressional hearing for illegal activity that the CIA was conducting. What? Was that the church report? Not yet. Oh, okay. Don't be skipping ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so if if you recall, during that time period, I said 53 to 73, we're in the middle of the Cold War. We're fighting with Korea. The U.S. feared that they were using mind control on our captured sh- soldiers. So in response, Alan Dulles, who was the director of the CIA, approved MK Ultra. And do you know, is he the one they named Dulles Airport after? I'm not sure. In D.C.? I don't know. I, I, it would make sense. Right. But I, like, oh, that's I interesting. I didn't even put the two together. Mm-hmm. I just kept thinking his name is oddly familiar to me, even though like I, I don't know why I would know any of this, the CIA directors. But then right. you get to the airport and I'm like, fuck, that's what it is. I've like, never I meant heard to look him. it up and I didn't. So Dulles um, puts this thing together, this MK Ultra. So 150 human experiments were done using psychedelic drugs, paralytics, and electroshock therapy. Sometimes the test subjects knew they were being tested. Other times they did not. Mm-hmm. Jen will get into that. The tests were conducted at <laughs> universities, hospitals, prisons in the U.S. and Canada. They also did them on POWs at detention centers in Germany, Japan, and the Philippines. The CIA kept notoriously bad records, which I don't believe that for a second. I bet their records records were meticulous. Oh, yeah. But most of the records Um, were destroyed in the 70s. Side note, um, the Dulles Airport was named after John Foster Dulles. Oh, okay. In 1888 to 1952 was the 52nd U.S. Secretary of State who served under Dwight Eisenhower. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, good. So I would have felt bad if they actually needed after this guy that approved this. Yeah. So this that is would be actually a good thing. <laughs> that would be like another uh, Confederate Robert E. Yeah. School. So LSD, which is lysergic acid diatalamide, aka sure. acid. Yeah was being used under the direction of a CIA chemist and poison expert, Sidney Gottlieb. Gottlieb, right? yeah. Gottlieb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He believed that he could harness the drug and use it to brainwash people. The CIA began funding studies at 30 universities, including Columbia University and Stanford, to test out this theory. The schools never knew that the CIA was sponsoring this. The funding came from a bunch of shell companies. Mm-hmm. They also used peyote, meth, and ecstasy and shrooms for their experiments. So it wasn't just is shrooms. The psilocybin. Yes. Is that what? Okay. Because I, I just went with shrooms because it was easier to pronounce. <laughs> right. Yeah. I. I. It was all psychedelics. Everything yes. that altered the the mind. And meth, 
meth can be a psychedelic after if you've been on it like two, three days when you haven't slept. Well, you'll start to see shit. Trust well, me. Well, yeah. Not sleeping for a couple days. Well, fucking Oh, yeah. It. You can see some fucking shit, man. Um, Yikes. Okay, I said that. Okay. Besides drugging the candidates, they also did radiological implants, hypnosis, subliminal persuasion, and isolation techniques. So Gottlieb wanted to create a way to seize control of a person's mind. He realized it was a two-step process. So first you had to blast away the ex- existing mind and the memories. Then you had to insert a new mind into that void, which mm-hmm. sounds super creepy and scary. Um, it is, but it's the premise of so many psychological theories of break them down, build them up. I mean, it's completely... Right? If you follow his logic, it does make sense from a psychological perspective of like in that time frame, we're under threat of, you know, nuclear war. We're, we're not the only ones with the nuclear arms Russian communists, you know, there's like a whole bunch of shit where I can see where perhaps at that time you think, well, they're doing mind control. We better fucking step up and I'll get there. (laughs) Um, So he claimed he didn't get too far with the second part, which would be rebuilding that mind, inserting the new mind, but that they were able to get a lot done on the first step, which is erasing a person's mind, which is creepy. That's really creepy. I don't like that. I don't like that. (laughs) Doesn't sit right. (laughs) No, it doesn't sit right with me. So this is kind of what you were talking about. Sorry, I went too far. So fear of brain warfare, as I called it, was spreading throughout the states. The American public was fed stories of soldiers coming back from war, being brainwashed and empty shells of themselves. So they believed that's why there were so many people willing to be communist. They believed that the Soviet Union controlled their own people. By doing this, by erasing their minds, controlling their minds, per se. In the late 1940s, news spread that the Soviet Union was trying to buy up the world's supply of LSD. So, of course, it spread wide panic in the U.S. So they decided they better do experiments with it to keep up. Right. We're keeping up Mm -hmm. with the Joneses, per se. The agency wanted to stay one step ahead. (laughs) You got to. Right. The agency wanted to develop amnesia pills to create super agents who would be totally immune to being brainwashed. MK Ultra hoped to create a um, Manchurian candidate or a programmable assassin. Uh, side note, did you ever watch American Ultra? No, with but Jesse I'm gonna... Eisenhower and K Stu. Oh, Kristen I like Jesse Stewart. Eisenberg, not Eisenhower. There... Eisenberg, yeah. Yeah, but did I say Eisenhower? Yeah, and I was like, oh, why does I know that name, but I don't. I said Eyes. Yeah, Eyes. I know that. Well, it's because I just read the U.S. State Secretary. Of the Dulles Airport was served under Eisenhower. Sorry. I'm just looking. Why? Because I'm glad I don't have to sleep in the room tonight. You're glad you have to what? Sleep in this room tonight. Why? Something weird happened to me last night. Well, kind of weird. Like ghostly? Yeah. <gasps> and you're telling me about this fucking what? now? What? Oh, it's been a busy day. It was really weird. He really, yeah, freaked me out. Do you believe in ghosts now? I can't believe he's just telling me this live on podcast. Not a, Holy not shit. Something passed through my body. <gasps> what? Um, I was Get in here right now. Get in here. Oh, man. We can hear him, though. Um, we can hear him. I was clearly awake. You ever stretch and you get that really, really good feeling with the whole body? Uh-huh. Yeah, like a tremor? About 100. And I was basically, this is no joke, I couldn't move, I couldn't see, and it almost felt like my body was almost li- almost lifted off the bed. Like, it was, I was so... Levitating? I wasn't levitating, but it felt like I was going to get there. And I was so paralyzed. It was about 10, 15 Slender seconds. man! <clears throat> and then, about an hour later, I felt something come down on the bed... And almost tried to like sit on me, and I literally kicked with my feet to kick the, the whatever it was off. And that's no joke. That's the honest to God truth. You know me. I don't. I don't believe in this shit at all. Oh. But I was literally paralyzed and couldn't see and couldn't move, and my body was so tight. Is that I'm, the shadow people? What did, what did, shut the fuck up. What did we fuck cover with that? 
I don't know. I don't want to talk about shadow people. That's creepy. I don't like shadow people. But yeah, that happened about 3.30 this morning. 3 o'clock a.m. I stayed awake and I felt, like I said, somebody tried to sit on me. I literally felt, and I was I was not asleep, I literally felt almost like hands come down on the side of me and like they were going to try to sit on my knees. And then I kicked really hard. So yeah, that's really freaking me out. I'm still... So I've been really quiet all day today because it's been really fucking on my brain. I can't believe you haven't told your wife who has a paranormal true crime podcast about this now. Also, um, you should probably just let him know that you're going to be sleeping like on top of underneath him. him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I got up in the middle of the night last night. We slept on different floors because I told you we have because we haven't set up the smoke detectors. We're on different floors. Uh huh. Case so we all don't burn to death. And I got up at 3 in the morning like I normally do. I got up to pee, I think. And I walked by the kitchen. I swear to God, I saw something next to me, and I turned. And then I'm like, it's okay. I just psyched myself out because I'm so petrified of walking into something here because I don't know the house yet. You passed by the entity that was on top of your husband. That's what I felt like. Well, maybe it was a succubus. Did you get laid? No, my wife wasn't there. I had no no time anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) They take it with them. That's Wyatt. That was Wyatt yawning. He yawn yet howls. It's like, I imagine that's what Bigfoot sounds like. I can't believe you just pulled that to me. I don't even want to talk to you right now, but I do. Don't leave me. Don't leave me up here by myself. (laughs) No, shut that door. That's pretty weird when it freaks out. And he has been quiet all day. He's been weird all day. And I just thought, I don't, I didn't really think much of it, to be honest. I just Jesus. thought we're all a little meh. Yeah. Okay, we'll get back to that growth story. It's COVID. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was a side project of MK Ultra called Operation Midnight. The government employed prostitutes to... Operation the- Midnight Climax. It was really? Yes. I just read Operation Midnight, but that's... I cover famous. it. I cover it as well. I go over it really fast. Uh, The government employed prostitutes to lure unsuspecting men to a CIA safe house where drug experiments took place. So the CIA would dose the men with LSD. Well, the prostitute would. And then watch the effects through a two-way mirror. So most of the Operation Midnight Climax, assumingly, (laughs) was done in... Also, there's a guy called George White, and I'll kind of get into it. I did um, bring him up one time in this. Yes. It wasn't even a two-way mirror. He just sat and watched them. And they drank cocktails, I read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a martini all the time. And he would just watch them have sex, sometimes in the same room. Oh, that's... We'll get on to him what he said, too. Oh, um, yeah. We probably went to the same Wikipedia page. Okay, so I actually <laughs> I also I have brought it. that up. I did um, history.com, npr.com. I didn't use Wikipedia because I was trying to be different. Um, (laughs) So here, it's so funny, right? When I said that, this is where George White comes up. So most of this was done in San Francisco and in New York City. There was an agent named George White who wrote to Sidney, what's his name? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he wrote... He loved oh. being able to lie, kill, cheat, steal, deceive, rape, and pillage with the sanction and blessing of the government. Yes. Which is pretty gross. Yes. Um, Ken Kesey is Casey? the author. Ken Casey? Looks like Kesey. Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. He's the author of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes. He was a, did you go over this too? Yeah. Uh, well, mine's <laughs> real quick. Like I said, I grazed it. So he Yeah, no, so did I. He was a volunteer from MK Ultra when he was a college student at Stanford. He later went on to promote LSD and hosted parties called acid tests. I was going to say he was given acid by the government to share with people. Yeah. As and long as he as long as he reported anything that was bonkers that right. happened. So acid tests they were taking acid while listening to music by the Grateful Dead. And using fluorescent paints and a black light, I believe Richard Hunter of, I don't know if I got that wrong, Grateful Deadheads, please don't write to me. I cover um, it as well. The, is, the, it, is that right? Lyricist. Uh, is it the lyricist of the Grateful Dead? Yeah. I don't know the name, but I have it written down. We'll get to it. 
later. So he supposedly was also in on these acid tests. Mm-hmm. Um, so these parties pretty much started the whole hippie movement of the hallucinogenics in that, which I don't think the CIA was trying to do at the time. Other people who were part of these experiments include Ted Kazansky, who is the Unabomber, James Whitney Bulger, who was a notorious Boston mobster. Whitey. Um, yes. Is it Whitey? Mm-hmm. I wrote Whitney or my, maybe my spell check. Oh, it could be, it. but they call him Whitey. Okay. I mean, that's, he I was in that movie. Down. He was in that movie where Johnny Depp played him. Whitey Bulger. Oh, yeah. Do you remember uh, the blow? No, no, no. That was, um, I know the one you're talking about. Low was Escobar. And I, that was a great movie. It was a good movie. Um, no, he looks creepy as fuck in that movie because he's wearing blue contact lenses and he has blonde hair, Johnny Depp. And he's older. Oh, that is weird. He looks really creepy. So Whitey claims that he was doing time in 1957 in Atlanta he was the subject in MK Ultra. He was told that they were aiming to find a cure for schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. He was given LSD every day for over a year. He had a loss of appetite, hallucinating hours of paranoia, paranoia followed by violence. He experienced living nightmares and visions of blood dripping down the walls. Other inmates turned into skeletons and a camera became a dog head once. He thought he was going insane. And he probably was. That would do it. Yeah, I fucking think I was insane too. Yeah. Like that's a lot of shit to say. So by nineteen seventy three, the CIA concluded LSD was just way too unpredictable Wait, to use. Time time for a second because I wanna keep on Whitey Bulger for a second. Because okay. I also wrote about him, but I didn't write too much in depth. But I wanna say that he has um the after he was told that it's an effort to to cure schizophrenia. Also, he was um, dosed without his knowledge in the beginning. So he was given over 50 doses in a few months to begin with that he didn't know about. He knew it was medicine. Like he, he was given it, but he wasn't told what it was. He just said, this is an, you know, to help, to help the mentally ill. Like, you know, you can participate in this project. So, when he found out later that um, it was the doctor was working for the CIA, he told uh, this was for a Yahoo News interview. It was an interview with Stephen Kinzer, and he said, "Quote: uh, I'm going back sentence. to Atlanta. I'm going to find that guy and I'm going to kill him." Yes, I read that too. And you know what? I don't blame him. I totally no. get that. I yeah, get that. Because it was Robert like, Hunter, by the way. Like, Oh, Robert Hunter. Okay. Yes. The you lyricist. Know, funny. I started out with Robert Hunter and I was like, no, it was Richard. Robert's too obvious. That's funny. Mm-hmm. But I did write, I didn't write that about Whitey, but I did read that. That yeah. he did tell to find him. And he said, you know, I was in here, I committed my crimes, but what they did to me was worse of a crime. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, the CIA, CIA, CIA concluded that LSD was just too unpredictable. Mm-hmm. The director ordered MK Ultra to be shut down and all records destroyed. So Gottlieb went on to become the lead poisonist for the CIA, and he created a bunch of high-tech spyware. So this concludes my story in a minute. So in 1974, a New York Times journalist, Stephen Kinsner, wrote an article on the CIA and their experiments and their illegal spying operations on citizens. Uh, Kinzer learned due to top secretness of Gottlieb's work makes it impossible to know what the human cost was. We don't know how many people died or how many lives were impacted due to these experiments because they didn't mm-hmm. follow up as far as we know. Well, they uh, destroyed a shit ton of documents after Watergate. Yes. And I'm getting into that, too. Oh, well, sorry. sort of. Okay. Sort of. <laughs> it's like you say it right before I'm about to read the next sentence. It's super <laughs> funny. Um, The following year, in the wake of the Watergate scandal, President Gerald Ford set up a commission to investigate. People had very little trust in the government, so he was trying to be super transparent. Mm -hmm. The commission was led by Vice President Nelson Rockefeller, and it is known as the Rockefeller Commission. 
The church committee, helmed by Democratic Senator Frank Church of Idaho, did a larger investigation. Huh? That's what I was thinking of when I asked if it was the church investigation or whatever previously. And you said, I'll get to it. It wasn't the church investigation commission, but yeah, or committee, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they investigated the CIA, the FBI and all other U.S. intelligence committees during and after the resignation of President Nixon. Um, They delved into plots to assassinate foreign leaders like Fidel Castro and Patrice LaMamba. um, Is it true that it's illegal for the CIA to do this stuff on U.S. soil? Are you reading my shit? No. Like, seriously, do you have a spy cam on my computer? I don't. I don't. Here's my next two sentences. In their investigation, they also found thousands of documents on MKUltra. So in 1976, Ford made an executive order prohibiting experimenting with drugs on human subjects without their consent in the United States. Okay. And that's it. That's the end of my, my bleh. But that's so funny. Every time I was like, stop it. I'm sorry. I should have held it. I should have just held it. So I go a little bit more in depth into a few things, um, but also some new things that you didn't cover. Uh, But I also did start with what you said, because I said, because the project was so hush hush, we may never know how many deaths occurred due to people being a participant in this program, which is what you just said. But one of the most famous or infamous, I should say, deaths associated with MKUltra is that of Frank Olson. So Frank was 43 years old when he leapt out of a some reports say 10th floor and some say 13th floor window of the hotel Statler. Anyway, I'll just say really quick. Have you ever notice how many scientists fall out windows? Yeah, like they're scientists, but they can't tell how close to be to a window without falling out of one. Cause you know, you don't just like trip and fall out a window for the most part. No, not I mean, easy to fall out of. Unless maybe you're a little kid. I was going to say, maybe they're just suicidal. Science is hard. Um, I think the hotel now is called the, of course, I didn't write it down because I'm like, I'll remember that fucking biggest lie I ever tell myself. Uh, The Manhattan Statler Hotel or whatever it is. Anyway, um, he was an extremely smart man. He got his Ph.D. in bacteriology at the University of Wisconsin, which was his home state in 1938. He was the captain the captain he was a captain (laughs) in the army chemical corps corps he then went on to work in a civilian capacity for the army biological warfare laboratories he was given top secret bioweapons clearance so he worked in the bioweapons program so he had the clearance obviously during world war ii and worked in weaponizing aerosolized anthrax that was oh, his shit. like main thing. So he was really aware I really of the government. Like the band, for the record. Anthrax. I'm a big Anthrax fan. Frank was very aware of the government's desire to harness biological warfare due to the fact that the U.S. was not the only country to have nuclear weapons anymore. We cu- kind of covered that. In 1952, Frank joined the committee of Project Artichoke. He was chosen, which was the project. Silly name. (laughs) I know it was the project that led to MK Ultra. So Project Artichoke was the precursor to MK Ultra and MK Ultra. I'm not sure if I get into it, but the reason it's called that is because of its ultra. um, What is the word I'm thinking of? Security clearance. Like it it was the top. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Could not. So all their projects had different like mk stood for something and then it was ultra classified um so project artichoke was all about interrogation methods and if a person could be made to perform tasks that they would not otherwise do voluntarily which is basically like what you had said the manchurian candidate mind control it's can we fuck around with this person's head so much that we can keep them normal and activate them at some point other time to do something that they wouldn't normally do like kill a person or you know steal documents or whatever the case may be um and so to do this they started to mess around with some really serious drugs 
because, you know, they were using the name of it, you know, the truth serum, what they call it. It's that alcohol. No, no, I know the stuff there's you're a, talking about. Yeah, there's a drug. So that's kind of what started them down that path of like, what other drugs can we use to fuck with people's minds? So 1953, two American pilots were captured and held as POWs during the Korean War. They told their captors the U.S. was using biological warfare against North Korea. The U.S. threatened to charge the POWs with treason. So it's not bad enough that they're prisoners of war. They're fucking they're like, okay, well, if you come back here, we're going to charge you with treason. Like, what the fuck? So clearly they knew something was going on. So naturally, after they were released, they denied the claims that said that they were tortured and that they were trying to use biological warfare and mind control, blah, blah, blah. They said this was false information. They told the United States upon their return from being a POW that they didn't mean what they said, that they were tortured, and that they just came out and said it because they were being tortured. So this all kicked off one hell of a few months for Frank Olson. He began to doubt the morality of his work. He took a trip to Europe and he saw the interrogations firsthand and became very uncomfortable. So he had taken part in this experiment or these, you know, this project all theoretically. They were volunteers. They were, you know, people that understood kind of what was going on. And now he was seeing it used on hostile people. Um, And after the Korean armistice agreement, I, I don't know what it's called, but it was signed in an operation called uh the big switch kicked off after they signed this which is basically the exchanging of POWs so they got ours we got ours back whatever they you know they switched them everything was fine however what's that were you going to say something you said they got ours we got ours mm. but i know what you meant that's all i was just smiling sorry what's mine is mine what's yours right. is mine we got everything and they were like <laughs> fuck off we did the american thing we'll take everything and you guys get whatever we have left thanks yes so no it really we did exchange (laughs) we we gave them stuff they gave us stuff or people they gave us americans it worked out so there's close to 13,000 pow's coming back from the war that's a lot and the u.s viewed many of these as potential security risks um they were interrogated. And so the U.S., because it was already on edge, was feeling really freaked out because they, in their minds, these scientists, really believed that other people in other countries had figured out this mind control. And so they were really concerned that they were behind in the game. And so these people coming back who were POWs potentially could be essentially sleeper agents like they right. could have had mind control and nobody would know and so they started snap and wake up and then they're going to go cause chaos right so they started treating these debriefings as more of hostile interrogations like they really wanted what what were you told what happened what did you agree to blah 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 they were freaked out so they were rumored to use the MK Ultra techniques on these POWs. And that's what freaked Frank Olson out was like these are friendlies. Poor guys. They these are our back people. and went through all this shit. And then we're just like, yeah. oh, we don't trust you. Exactly. That sucks. That's fucked up. It is fucked up. I mean, you wanna know about why so many uh veterans come back they probably just with had PTSD dis- before it was yeah. diagnosed back then. Or or they come back with this distrust of the government. Yeah. I mean, if I went and did a job for you and I fucking put I my, my life, life on I the put- line. Yeah. And then I come back and you fucking interrogate me like I'm the enemy. Fuck you. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Totally agree with that. So it unnerved Frank that his you know, his experiments and his studies were being used on innocent people is what he thought. But we had a conscience. Right. He saw a psychiatrist 
uh, about this with with enough security clearance for him to talk to. So he wasn't a CIA psychiatrist, but he was a psychiatrist who had the security clearance to be able to talk to the top, you know, ultra secret stuff. Wonder what and, they had on that guy. <laughs> yeah. So after taking, or af- sorry, after talking uh, to this psycho- psychiatrist, the psychiatrist concluded that Frank was a security threat. And he told his people, Frank needs to have limited access to this military facility and any information. Like, he is a threat. Shit's going down. He's getting a conscience. Like, we're all fucked if this gets leaked. So November 18th, he, along with 10 others, are invited to a retreat at Deep Creek Lake. They're all doctors and heads of the MK Ultra program. They're all under their retreat. It's a retreat under the guise of discussing the program, that sort of thing. He, along with most of the others in the cabin, were unwittingly dosed with potential truth serum, a.k.a. LSD. It was Gottlieb, Sidney Gottlieb, who we talked about. Um, he headed the project, and at the time, he did not tell the men that they were dosed until 30 minutes after they ingested it. So there were a couple um, people who did not get dosed. Uh, I believe it was two of them. They did not drink alcohol. Like they they mm. didn't drink alcoholic beverages. They just either were sober or, or whatever. So the only people who got dosed were the ones who had an alcoholic beverage, which is why not all of them got dosed. But after 30 minutes, he told them, Gottlieb, Sidney Gottlieb, he did get reprimanded for this, of dosing everyone. Oh, to get a smack on the hand. He got reprimanded because he didn't account for the fact that Frank had already been diagnosed as having suicidal tendencies. So he was already on paper diagnosed as having a mental illness of some sort or another. Now, I fully believe... Based on the whole, all the research I did, I fully believe that Sidney Gottlieb did know that he was diagnosed having suicidal tendencies. And I think he wanted to know what would happen. Because a lot of the soldiers who were returning from war had also been diagnosed as having suicidal tendencies. I also believe he knew that. Yeah, I think he just wanted to know what would happen with somebody who was already on the edge, like. Would it push him? Would it save right. him? I mean, from a scientist's p- perspective, I think that would be um, a huge finding if you had someone who was diagnosed having suicidal tendencies and then they were cured. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, so I don't okay. know that it was necessarily malicious. I think he saw an opportunity and he took it Agreed. from a scientist's perspective i don't think he had much value on human life i think he I really just, say, it didn't matter which way it went if he killed himself or he didn't right then then was, he would know right right absolutely when frank went home from this retreat he told his wife that it was a mistake to go to the retreat and that uh people had laughed at him i'm not sure what went on but it sounds like he had one of those downs where you know you you wake up in the morning and everyone hates you to, to right. be like a sublime song, you know, you, you're not sure why. <laughs> yeah. You're not quite sure what happened, but you feel, uh, defensive. Something, you did something so, weird. Though. Yeah. You don't something, know, but you should be on the defense. Exactly. So I think that's kind of what happened. Cause he went home and he was like, I don't know what happened. People are laughing at me. I don't know what happens, but I mean, joking aside the following Monday, morning he tried to withdraw from the bio warfare program basically resign he wanted out um but the meeting that took place on november 23rd at 7:30 a.m with his boss colonel ruitt his boss told him whatever happened in the cabin was no cause for resignation and it was all good like i don't know why you're tripping you were fine you know uh, everybody's no fine yeah. <laughs> hey tripping because he made me trip Right. So he called his wife that day after he tried to resign and said, I'm not going to resign after all. The colonel said that I 
everything was fine and, and it wasn't a big deal. So all seemed to be good that day. Um, he works as usual after his meeting where he tried to resign. The next day, he goes to work, same as usual. However, he returns with a Dr. Joseph Stubbs a few hours later. Frank explains to his wife that they're afraid that he may hurt her or their children, and he needs to go in for a psychiatric treatment. So he went in there. He went in his house. The doctor was talking to his wife while he went and packed a bag, and then he left with the doctor. Interesting. Odd. Yeah. So he and his boss, Colonel Rowett, and another man flew to New York to meet with a doctor from the CIA, Harold Abramson, who Frank knew from his work with the aerosolizing anthrax, like back in the beginning of his days. So he was familiar with him. So 2 a.m. New York at the Sattler Hotel, Frank Olson is dead outside on the sidewalk, having apparently woken up at 2 a.m. while his roommate, Robert Lashbrook, was in the bathroom. He ran through through to get enough leverage to throw himself out of this um, window. He would have had to run through two single beds, dive out of a closed window with closed curtains. Yeah. So it's like Rebecca's the how all over again. Oh yeah. So I don't have very um, dense curtains in my home, you know, right. I get what you're saying. They're not, I have both. I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. So they're not um, really difficult to, you know, they're very thin. They're kind of like almost a. But why wouldn't you uh, open the window? If you're going to kill yourself by jumping out a window, you would open the window. You just. Why wouldn't okay, you just well, step up two, on it and jump? There's two schools of thought here. So one. Which what I was saying, you know, with the thinness of my curtains. I don't know if you remember last week when my dog was pitching a fit and I was trying to throw things at the window. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't reach the window, even though I can literally see through. I have sheer curtains on the inside of my other curtains that are just right. like kind of privacy curtains. It, the Whatever I was throwing it, it never met the window. So there's some I, resistance. I yeah. Now, these are hotel curtains, which are much thicker than the ones I have. But also, right. I understand what... <laughs> I understand what you're saying with why wouldn't you just open the curtains? Open the however, window. however, one could make the argument that someone was in the room and freaked him out so much so that he lost his marbles and ran through the window. You'd have I don't to see something really spectacular to do that. Oh yeah, and I definitely. I don't... I don't that. subscribe to that method or to that theory. Unless they were literally dosing him daily and he didn't know it and none of us know it now because yeah. he was a rational thinking adult. But this was so this was nine days after he was dosed at but this still, retreat. I've done LSD before many, many times back in the day. And there is such thing as an acid flashback. I've never had one. So think about this, though, uh, in the 1950s. I didn't have if, government made either. Yeah, true. If you're in the 1950s and you're diagnosed as suicidal tendencies, you must be pretty mentally upset because yeah. those type of diagnoses were not thrown around willy nilly. Like, well, and I don't so, also think I don't see a man, especially from that age, that time period to be like, yeah, I'm thinking about killing myself because that is such it's looked down upon. It's like today we know it's just it's just the way someone feels there's nothing they can do about it. It is what it is. We take it more seriously. But I, I think then see him swallowing his pride to even say that, like, yeah, I'm thinking about killing myself because he knows it's a CIA so back then as well as now um if you're in a top level security clearance you have to meet with someone who could be your handler whether that is a psychologist psychiatrist or just somebody in the top level right to kind of gauge where you're at like they always want to know you know where's your headspace can we still count on you they have 
uh, their, yeah. whether it's quarterly or annual review to make sure that you can continue your clearance. But I think, I think it's really possible that he said something after he came back from his Europe trip and was like, I don't like what this is doing. Like, I don't, I don't like this sort of stuff. And right, that's tearing up my soul. Yeah. And that psychiatrist said, I'm marking you down as suicidal tendencies because that psychiatrist is under an order that says if they're a security threat, you have to right. put this in their record because if and when we kill them, at least then it will exactly. be, you know. Oh, I 100% at. agree with you. That's why yeah. I don't see him saying, yeah, I have suicidal thoughts. Oh, no. I don't see. I think he's smart enough to mm. not say that. And then that day, it was not acceptable. That's not something you could tell the CIA. I couldn't tell my work now, like, if I actually had a real job. I couldn't go to them <laughs> and be like, you know what? I'm suicidal. Oh, you could HR. tell me. I'm I'm your work, people. <laughs> I'm your work, HR. That's true. There you go. Okay, besides you, I couldn't go to a normal HR. Right. No, I get what you're saying. them not react. And that's in 2020. Oh, absolutely. 100%. In 1950-whatever. That's there's just no way he said that. I think he was just I think he was really the type of person who, you know, you you meet people, at least for me, I've met people who are extremely stoic. Can't you know, you can't read them six ways from Sunday. Then you meet people who it's like you're clearly having a bad day. Like you can't hide it. Right. You know, I think he was just kind of one of those people where you couldn't he couldn't hide what was happening with him whether he was dosed or not i think he really was conflicted and i think it was apparent yeah. it was okay. like do you remember terminator 2 do you remember terminator terminator 2 mm, re- remind me of the premise because i don't so arnold comes back um edward furlong linda hamilton he uh-huh. comes back they go to who invented skynet it's this black family and they go there yes, Linda hamilton yes. wants to kill them Yes. And they're telling him you can't invent Skynet. Yes. But he's like, oh, my God, I never made it for that reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know. So he gets his conscience, you know, conscious. Yeah. Saying like, oh, shit, I will totally destroy. It. I will never invent Skynet if I known this would be the future. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I feel like Frank was. Yes. It's so different to invent something you think is a good thing because you're, you're getting rid of the enemies. You're protecting the American soldiers. But now you're actually seeing what it's doing and you're like, no, that's not what I know. That's not what I wanted it. Well, your research is being weaponized against your own side. Yeah. Like you thought you were helping in a patriotic fashion to help, you know, the Cold War to help to make sure that we didn't become communist to make sure, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you saw real people. Yeah. You're seeing it used on people returning POWs like that would fuck you up like I'm, if I you're a good like, normal person and not a sociopath like uh white george white we talked about earlier and apparently yeah. sydney uh oh gobstopper sydney gottlieb uh i mean he's another thing entirely i don't think george white was i don't think he was um a psychopath i think he might have just been a, a sociopath oh sorry sociopath i don't think he really he didn't have emotion no, but I think he really got off on that. I think he was just maybe more depraved sexually. Like, yeah. I don't think he really, I don't think he didn't have any emotion or any empathy. I think he just thought, hey, I'm helping this. I'm helping the government and I get to watch people have sex. Like, fuck yeah. I mean, you have to think about this. This is in the 60s. There wasn't Pornhub. You couldn't just go <laughs> online and type in shit. So he was like, fuck yeah, free porn. Like, I get to rape pillage. I have no circumstances to anything I do. Mm-hmm. He has no morals. So this is all legal. Exactly. I think having no morals is much different than Absolutely. being a sociopath. I get what you're saying. I'm still going to stick with sociopath, but I, I totally get your point. You're right. Morals is different. I get All right. That. So... The switchboard operator from the hotel said that she connected a call from room 1018A. They said, well, he's gone. And the other person on the phone said, well, that's too bad. (laughs) Okay. So it wasn't until the declassification of files in 1975 that his family found out that the 
the night, nine days before in the cabin, before his death, that he had been dosed with LSD. So his family had no idea. There's a great docu-series called Wormwood. Yeah, that I it's know on Netflix. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's okay. <laughs> if you're like Jen and you like a lot of talking and not enough like action. Talking. There's no action. They no, talk a lot. I yeah. want to see the reenactments where things went down. So she wants was, to see somebody jump out of a fucking window. I do. I want. <laughs> I do. No, I it's completely it. boring. From that standpoint, it's very like boring. Their, their family's pain and what they went through is the not. I don't want to say like the best part, but like the most intriguing part is like this family really, really, really wanted to know the truth what happened to their father. Mm-hmm. And the kids were, were super, super young at the time. Super, and they super were little very, kids. The wife and the husband of this particular family were very, very loving. There was no. um, He was this great guy. Yeah. So it is the ideal father for that area. He wasn't beating his children. He was actually involved. Taught him to ride bikes, you know, that kind of like the the things a good father should do. Yes. He was. So the family had a second autopsy done in 1994. So this was because they wanted to exhume Frank's body so that he could be buried with his wife, who had died in 1994. Oh, I didn't know that's so, why. I wondered yes. why they did, because they had already taken a settlement. Okay. Right. So they he was already dug up, right? Like, they they wanted to put him next to his wife. So you might as well. So, yeah. So they were like, okay, well, let's get a doctor to do an autopsy while he's up anyway. Because that's the whole cost. I mean, it does cost money to get the autopsy performed by a doctor, but the huge cost is exhumation. Like that's so. If you're already doing that, might as well pay somebody, you know, a grand to do right. the autopsy. So, um, the doctor who performed the autop- autopsy, I bet they said, did it for free. If you think about it. I mean, maybe they did. I, I have no idea. I mean, if you said, hey, this is this guy. Oh, dude, they'd be all over it. Conspiracy theorists, there's a corner out there. Yeah, well, there's honestly, it takes so much extra school to be a coroner versus a doctor. Oh, really? And they get paid less than a doctor. So you have to really kind of um, it, because That's they're interesting. There's only so many coroners per uh, region. And there's very, very few schools. I remember yeah. that. Yes. I had a friend that looked into it, and there's really like three schools in the United States. Yeah, because like you have Coast, to East do. West Coast, one in the middle. It's weird. You do college, then you do medical school, then you go to coroner, coroner school. I think it's basically. 15 years. But I could it's be super it's a long. huge amount. If that makes sense because it's 10 plus to be a doctor. So then plus, you know, your coroner school and also not every County has a coroner. Oh, so there are some that have to take, you know, like I'm sure the coroner from San Diego or LA is paid buku bucks. Yeah. There's probably not a lot and there's a lot of homicides. Right. But if you're from some rural town, they don't have a coroner. So they have to call in a coroner from another town or another county. And they're not getting paid a lot of money because they don't have that many right. homicides or that many investigations. They're not in a major metropolitan area. Right. All right. So anyway, as we digress into right. why I'm not a coroner. <laughs> um <laughs> Who has that kind of time? (laughs) I have all the time in the world, but I don't want to be a doctor. No, you don't. You have three boys. You do not have all the time in the world. I would much rather. I would much rather um, be a coroner than a doctor, and so I don't want to go through all that school. I just want to know. No one to tell bad news to as a coroner, really. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You just go through. Dead. So you fucking yeah. You do what you do, and you just investigate it's almost Nobody like being an editor Nobody yeah sues. you know it's yeah. actually yeah you're an editor not a writer you don't fucking care it's done <laughs> it's done that's funny that's a great way to describe it though you're absolutely right 
I like As it. Hemingway says, write drunk, edit sober. I love him. I don't edit sober, but if I was a coroner, I probably <laughs> I probably would <laughs> edit sober. Okay. Anyway, the doctor who performed the autopsy the second time said that there were signs of autopsy. <sighs> there were, we're signs, signs of autopsy. Because <laughs> we already fucking did an That's autopsy. Weird. Christ. <laughs> All right. For those of you at home who are not watching me drink, I've had a much to drink. So a much. She's had a much. much. I've had a much. I've had too much. I've had a lot. I mean, it's endless. I've had a whole carif. <laughs> okay. Um, so I haven't had anything to eat all day. We're, we're monitoring our food to one meal a day, not for the kid, just for us. Um, Dave bought me Dudley's bread on the way home from his hike. Dudley's. So nice. I've had like five this pieces. Pretty, of pretty fucking good though. It's so fucking good. That's all I want to eat. I'm not even making dinner tonight. I'm just gonna eat bread. It's pretty good bread, dude. Dudley's bread. You ever come to San Diego? Get some freaking Dudley's bread. It's amazing balls. And a Julian pie. So the doctor said that there were signs of homicide, but that the fall, whether he was pushed or thrown or jumped, was hard to tell the manner of death. With so much time has passed, like. However, he did say that it looked as though he was knocked out before he went out the window. Oh. So who knows what that. So with that, the family settled with the government for $750,000. Originally, it was $1.2, and then it got brought down to 750000 Also, President Ford and the CIA director, William Colby, did formally apologize to the family. Like Which has never been done by a president ever. Yeah. They acknowledged, you know, what happened. But Which he goes also to was what, the only president not voted into office. I was going to say he was. We're going to say that. Like you said, um, with Ford and the Watergate and everything, it was very, he wanted to be completely transparent. Like he wanted to make he sure. He didn't that, run for president. It's just once, um. Nixon resigned and the vice president resigned, mm -hmm. uh, Rockefeller. He was Speaker of the House. Surprise. Yeah. You're not president. Which Joe is why he was to so. Be president. Yeah. yeah. That's why, why he, he wasn't was a so politician. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's like, dude, I just. Oof, my party's had a big problem this, <laughs> this year. Yeah. Um, so that that kind of wraps up that particular death. And next week. I'm going to tell you about a little known case that is uh, widely believed to be MK Ultra program related. And I'll get some more into um, other facts about MK Ultra. So we'll say bye for now and hi later. <laughs> Ciao. All right. <laughs> be safe. Um, be kind. Be kind. It's and Christmas. Tis the season. Yeah, and we'll talk at you next week.